Welcome to Exhibition, an Xbox podcast, and today it's not just Samuel Adams hosting the show, which is me. I also have my friend Luke Lohr here from the Xbox Expansion Pass joining me to talk about everything for the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase coming up in a couple of weeks. But we also had some pretty big news to dig into this week, and those kind of go hand in hand. So if you're joining me for the first time, thank you so much for checking out the show. And if you like what you see, you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, head over and add the show to your podcast feed of choice and get it delivered right to you each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. But before we dive into today's news, let's go ahead and talk to Luke Lore. Of course, Luke, thank you so much for joining me. I'm a huge fan of the Xbox Expansion Pass, and this is your second time on the show, actually third time. Uh, because we had the Sean Capri episode, the reunion show. So, yeah, yeah. So we went all in and we had you guys on together as a dynamic duo returned once again. But now we've got you, you know, the better half back for a third round on exhibition. So uh, if you want to just go ahead and tell everybody uh, what you do over on the Xbox expansion pass, where they can find you and the conversations you have. Sure. Well, the better half to Sean Capri, I am not. Uh, I, I will say that that's a handsome, strapping young man who gets it done. He does 48 shows a day. So cheers to him. Uh, I got, obviously, my name is Luke Lore. I host the Xbox Expansion Pass, which uh, I would I would think it'd be a wonderful companion podcast to Exhibition and that you and I, Sam, both do monologues uh, and it's a solo show endeavor most of the time for the two of us. Uh, in addition to that, with XEP, I also... Uh, feature interviews from around the gaming industry. I welcome people on from uh, the developer side, voice actor side, producer side to talk about their craft and discuss just what it is they do in the gaming industry with the eye of uh, expanding the knowledge uh, of the gaming industry for the listener. Um, I just prior to us recording this, Sam, got off the microphone with Jeff Steitzer, whom you would know as the voice of God from Halo. Uh, he and I had a good 45 minutes to an hour chat, uh, talking about all things Halo and his experience there. Uh, and I have a few other neat treats leading into the summer, which I'm excited for as well. Man, that is awesome. What is it like to talk to an absolute legend? Actually, just save it for your show because I don't want to get into that. <laughs> you you have the nuggets there because that is an incredible interview. Uh, and for sure, you you know do a fantastic job over on XCP. I highly recommend everybody, if you enjoy my show, go listen to that. It is, like Luke said, very similar in nature, but we both bring some unique elements uh, that I think are, are pretty cool in their own ways. Uh, but without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. The big news dropped today on a Thursday morning coming out of the gate. Bethesda says they are delaying not only Redfall, but also Starfield into 2023. And ultimately, there was no direct reason given other than the generic. We want to give you the best experience possible for both of these games. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that's just the first half of 2023. So there's really no definitive uh, you know, spring, summer, it's any time between January and June, basically. Uh, so right out of the gate, after hearing that news, seeing it on Twitter, what are your thoughts on having two of the biggest Xbox games of 2022 delayed into the next year? Oh, man, it, it's certainly not a good thing in terms of for Microsoft for, for a couple different reasons. But you're going to hear two narratives, I think, in that in the people that are like, well, I saw this coming. And then others who are just utterly shocked that how could this have happened? Uh, and 
I lean more towards the idea that like I kind of saw this coming. I saw this happening. We've not seen gameplay uh, at all for Starfield, and we've seen only very minimal footage for Redfall. Uh, and we're in May, and Redfall was expected to launch late summer, uh, early fall. Starfield, of course, November 11 uh, was supposed to be its date. But we've seen nothing. We know about the showcase coming up, and it just didn't feel like these two games were close. Uh, so for me, I was not surprised to see the delays. Uh, I was surprised to see them announce the delay within a week of them saying they were having the Xbox and Bethesda showcase. Uh, it, it feels a little odd to kind of have those two things happen the way they did. However, to be blunt, if I'm if I'm a PR side, I get it. Like I would have done something similar. So it was surprise, mild shock, if you will. But it wasn't, you know, a ton of surprise. You kind of saw it writing on the wall in some ways. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that, where I think that I was more shocked that Redfall and Starfield had been delayed. I kind of thought that Starfield would be delayed just because, uh, and you know, taking into account how Bethesda promotes and markets their products, normally they do hold a lot of it until the actual big debut. They hold everything until the show and they kind of give everybody a final look at, you know, here is what's been behind the curtain, enjoy. But you know, over the past year or more, we've basically just gotten concept art thrown around with a voiceover from Todd Howard or somebody else at Bethesda. Uh, and that, for me, even taking into consideration the Bethesda way was a little bit worrisome. Uh, but Redfall, you know, coming out of the gate, not really having any kind of fanfare behind it as a new IP, uh, immediately I thought this would be a pretty quick turnaround just because you announce it, it comes out a year and a half later, and you see what happens with it. Could be a Redfall 2, Redfall 3 new series situation coming out, or it could be a one-off. I thought mm -hmm. it was just like a side passion project that they funded and they wanted to put out there. And it could still be, but um, ultimately both of those did get pushed, and I agree. Not really something that was surprising to me, but what is surprising is kind of what you uh, alluded to where this is the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase coming up. And after Starfield and Redfall have gotten pushed to 2023, I'm sure they will be present at the show in some capacity, but it doesn't really feel like Bethesda is bringing all that much to the table aside from a potential uh, announcement of the Deathloop Xbox port and subsequent launch on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, so with the new showcase coming up in a couple of weeks, do you think the Bethesda will have a big presence at the show? Do you think they have a couple of extra bells and whistles? Do you think it's going to be more Fallout 76 expansions? Mm -hmm. How big of a role do you think they're going to play in this year's program? Oh, man, that's the million dollar question. Billion dollar question. Seven billion dollar question, it seems, uh, in that so far Bethesda has produced almost nothing for Microsoft since their uh, acquisition. Now, there's some obviously there are caveats there. Uh, but when you look at the situation, it does not look good. And I think you could say with air quotes that it's borderline unacceptable at this point, given the timelines. However, those are air quotes for a reason. When you look at the world events kind of occurring in and around the development cycle for these games, uh, and then you look at the sales numbers for the Xbox Series S and X, things are actually doing pretty well in Microsoft's favor. And there probably is no better time to get to choose to have a delay like this because there's very little in the way of competition. And we knew it was going to be a dry year anyway. And I don't think you're losing much in terms of mind share, given that you're still selling out boxes. 
you were the market leader in you in, in months past uh, for the first time in this generation and in an entire generation. Um, it is it does not look good for Microsoft for sure. But as far as Bethesda's presence, I think you'll see a lot of Redfield or Redfall, pardon me, and a lot of Starfield. Uh, <laughs> I think you'll you'll probably see some Indiana Jones teaser, but I, but nothing much. And then. We'll find out what id Team or uh, Machine Games is, is working on. We'll see one or the other. I don't imagine you'd see both, but we need to be sold on the idea of what Bethesda is doing for Microsoft. That's something that kind of needs to happen because everything going forward now is going to be exclusive, whereas Deathloop uh, was not going to be exclusive. And I feel like there was one other one. That was Psychonauts too. No, uh, but there definitely was also wasn't. Ghostwire Tokyo might be the one. That's you're the one. Of. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, so everything from here on out is X by Xbox for Xbox kind of thing. And so I hope they show some things. I don't want to see everything uh, because that that's kind of how it feels right now is that we know everything Xbox is working on. I mean, you know, Perfect Dark, you know, Avowed, you know, State of Decay three, you know. Uh, fable you know all these games that are far out and it's like all right well we know all this but it's so far away what good does that do me so i think you'll see a good bethesda presence but my hope is they don't tell all right right yeah i definitely want to see more and i think to your point of them not really delivering value for microsoft since the acquisition which in the grand scheme of things is still fresh you know this is a long-term goal uh and it's an investment in the future for microsoft more so than like an immediate uh win like it will be with the activision blizzard stuff which in and of itself will also require work but you know call of duty and you acquiring that and having this annualized or you know on a frequent basis potentially going forward legendary ip providing value that's a little bit different Um, Mm. but with Bethesda, I do think that they need to show what they are actually doing and put something out. And I think that, um, it's also a different situation after being acquired by Microsoft. I was in a Twitter spaces earlier this morning that basically had a Twitter spaces. I was in a Twitter spaces. I know I I was in a Twitter spaces and it was getting heated. Like these were some Xbox fans that were very, very angry. Uh, about the delay and about the lineup for Xbox and, you know, basically complaining that uh, there wasn't enough value being provided through Xbox as a platform and through Game Pass. And I hear people's complaints, but it depends on what you're interested in. It depends on how open you are to new experiences when it comes to the Game Pass value that it brings. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to Bethesda itself, the big statement uh, was, you know, how can they be doing this? They haven't done anything since being acquired by Microsoft. I think it really comes down to them having the leeway and the freedom to take this time. Now that you do have this, uh, you know, funding from a giant tech corporation where you can say, all right, uh, you know, in, in the 343 world, we can have another year of development for Halo Infinite. In the Starfield world over at Bethesda, you can have another six to nine months to develop this game. Uh, and you don't have to have layoffs. You don't have to have cutbacks in any kind of way, shape, or form that we know of. It is ultimately coming down to the fact that, hey, this is the time you need. We're going to give it to you, and you don't have to worry about anything. Just make us a good game. I think that's kind of what it comes down to, is that it's a different situation after these studios have been acquired, which is what we're potentially hearing about Call of Duty as well, going back to the Activision Blizzard thing. It may not be annualized in two or three years. It could be something that comes out 
And it's a platform that could be the next 10 years, like Halo Infinite. It could be a Mm -hmm. biannual every three years, whatever it is. Uh, I think there's just a lot more freedom in the way that developers make games after being acquired by Microsoft. Absolutely. We've seen a lot. uh, Let's pick up on the idea of Halo Infinite. We've seen a lot in their updates since launch about what they're calling priority zero, and that is to not burn out their team. Uh, And I mentioned this over on Twitter, not in Twitter spaces, because I'm terrified of that place. Uh, But over on Twitter, I I mentioned that priority zero seems to be a 343 thing, something that they're actively saying in their updates. But I'm wondering if that's not a company-wide initiative or at least a company-wide guideline, perhaps not a rule, but a guideline, uh, in that if if we at Microsoft do not burn out our team members, are we then more inviting for talent to come and join us? You know, if we are willing to say, hey, you need to delay Redfall to make it the experience that it needs to be for both us and you, delay it. We need to, you need to delay Starfield to deliver on that promise because we're counting on you to be a big game. We're going to do that. They've proven, as, as a company Microsoft has, that they will delay things should they need it. Halo Infinite somehow was supposed to come out in 2020, Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, really? Uh, yeah. Now, I love me some Halo Infinite. I will I will wax poetic on a lot of aspects of that game, but there's plenty to critique there comfortably. And when you look at that and you say, all right, they're willing to delay their flagship title in Halo Infinite. Uh, Starfield, you can delay. Redfall, you can delay. Forza Motorsport 8, not publicly, but it sounds like they're not coming out this year. Uh, which is going to force force some hands to change it. Well, I'm, I'm getting off track. My point is Priority Zero might be very inviting for talent to want to come to Microsoft, and that is an ultimately a very good thing in an industry of burnout, but it will continue to take time to pay dividends. And I think I think the, the people that listen to podcasts, the hardcore gamers, are... are wearing thin when they hear that when they hear that it takes time mentality because it feels though it is not but it feels like it's been taking time since 2017 right that's not actually the case of course uh and in fact they've delivered on a number of things and improved a number of things but it feels like it's been too long since we've seen the true truth of the pudding um and that'll be something that microsoft will have to combat but they just had their best sales quarter Time heals all wounds and absence makes the heart grow fonder. But really, it's what have you done for me lately? And was one big hit away from all being forgiven in the gaming space. Right. Yeah, I I think that they really just need to deliver on this idea they've been promoting over the course of the past few years as we've gotten into this generation of, you know, this is next gen gaming play where you want the cloud gaming experience, these incredible triple A, you know, Hellblade kind of displays of not only the graphical power that these new consoles bring, but also the narrative you can deliver and, and these truly immersive experiences. And I, I hope to see more of Hellblade um, at the showcase. I hope to see more of State of Decay 3, uh, even with that studio having some potential workplace issues behind the scenes. I want to see what they're working on. Uh, you mentioned Forza Motorsport 8 could come out, could not come out kind of up in the air. Um But I want to move kind of into the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase, which is something that we're very excited about, you know, coming up in a few weeks, it's E3 slash not E3 season, you know, you've got a ton of excitement around that. 
So to kind of split it up, I want to learn two things from you. I want to learn what your hopes and dreams are, like a absolutely killer event. What would your perfect killer event be? And then after you say that, I want you to say what you actually think is going to come from this event and kind of, kind of divide it into the, the, the hopes versus the expectations. So if you want to go ahead and go into like, what do you, what would make this the best event you've ever seen from Xbox, which is really what they need it to be. The best event for Xbox, like shooting for the moon type stuff or like, all right. With, with Real, some, realistic stuff. Realistic stuff. Realistic, okay. but stuff that you would look at and say, wow, I really didn't think they would do that, but here we are. Okay. Easily done. Um, I'm ready for the next Forza expansion to be showcased and shown. Uh, there's been no word on what it is, but I want it to be showcased and shown in that I my hopes would be that it is uh, a number of tracks and vehicles that uh, pay homage to the Xbox catalog. There was a brilliant, amazing Warthog race in Forza mm, Horizon 4. That thing was great. It was wonderful. I want more of that. I want more Warthog races, ghost races. I want to drive a an armadillo through the Gears of War uh, crumbled city. I want to drive a car uh, on tra- on Hot Wheels-style tracks in between ship-to-ship battles of Sea of Thieves uh, through the wastelands of, of Fallout and uh, through a massive army battle where the Doom Slayers kick in butt. I want to drive cars through that and have that experience be my, my Forza Horizon 5 expansion. That would be a pie-in-the-sky thing, but... But in practicality, I think we're due for the to see whatever that expansion truly is. Um, I think we are we, we are due to see something out of Halo Infinite. Uh, the question was asked a few weeks ago internally of whether or not the Battle Royale would would be ready in time, and it doesn't look like it's going to be. But at least not not last I heard. I've not heard anything new. But um, and I'm not a leaker or insider. I just bumped into that. The the bigger thing is like. We need to see something from Halo Infinite, be it season three stuff, story DLC. What are you going to do to tell that story and expand it? We know co-op and Forge and some of the other quality of life things aren't there. That's coming, but that needs to be separate from the story DLC. Sea of Thieves does a very good job of having simultaneous teams work. They have like four teams that are working. This group's on on update one. This one's two. This one's three. This one's four. And they just bump, 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 bump. We need to know what's coming for Halo Infinite on the story side. Um, trying to think what else might be useful. Hellblade 2, it's time. Time to see that. Maybe we see some avowed gameplay. Um, and you will see Redfield, Redfall and Starfield. That's the second time I've done that. <laughs> um, and I just, yeah, like to go back to it, we need to see something from id. It's been several years since Doom Eternal shipped and had their last content drop. Time for something from id or Machine Games. Definitely. And third, pie in the sky, pie in the sky, third person Halo game and a Microsoft fighter, Killer Instinct style or whatever. I saw you uh, tweeting about the third person Halo game, and I would like to remind you of the canceled Mega Bloks Halo game that wasn't third person. So, you know, that technically exists somewhere in the world. I want it so bad. That exists. The open world MMO exists. And, and this is real, there is a Halo DS game that exists. Man. Those were all, and it was playable. Matt Casamassina and Mark Bozon over at IGN way back in the day played it when they were covering Nintendo. Mm. Um, those things were real. 
but yeah, man, I would have loved that Mega Bloks game. Are you kidding me? I don't care. Like you can't see it, but there's tons, all the ships and got a wasp and a pelican and a sword and way too much money spent on Mega Bloks. I would yeah, I was love. Gonna say, I, I've got the uh, I've got the the energy sword there behind me, right above yeah. the right above the switch. Um, but those are all great predictions and 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 I suppose hopes. I think that some of those will definitely come true. Uh, specifically the Forza expansion, I think that's kind of a guarantee at this point. You know, the the game is going to uh, have been out for over six months at that point. You know, we're coming up on that, if not already at that now, actually. Come to think of it, it's May. I think the game launched in November. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely time to see some content and see what that uh, expansion pass can bring. Uh, just because I, th- I bought the Game Pass Ultimate pack that bundled everything together for a discounted price. I think it was 30 or 40 bucks and you got, you know, all of the bells and whistles and car packs and VIP passes and things like that. Uh, so I definitely want to see more from Forza. And I think that it's time. Uh, and, you know, like you said, just seeing what these other studios are up to, because 343 is always in the limelight. You've got Bethesda in the limelight, but people forget about the rest of this Microsoft catalog of studios that have been out here, you know, working in the background. Uh, and to your point, id, machine, like there are plenty of opportunities out there uh, for, you know, that kind of content to really make a splash at an E3 event, or I should say the the showcase event where there isn't much else out there in the public eye right now. So there could be a ton of surprises like that uh, up their sleeve. But now, what do you think is the most real expectation, if there is a difference between that and what you just kind of shared? What do you actually expect to come from this year's show? Halo Halo story, Forza Horizon story, Sea of Thieves story, uh, and Starfield gameplay, Redfall gameplay. it's about it is there like what else is there hellblade 2 gameplay yeah but like that's like you're not gonna see contraband i can't imagine avowed and fable are probably too far out Mm -hmm. uh state of decay 3 way too far out indiana jones probably not gonna happen uh because that game's far out at least it seems like it is uh i can't imagine you get a ton of big anything because simply put they have nothing for this year uh halo infinite and forza horizon 5 were their big pillars they were counting on stalker 2 the ukrainian uh studio that was invaded by russia mm-hmm. is impacted there starfield and redfall were what their hopes and dreams rested on for 2022 you might see some stuff for grounded you might see some stuff for their from smaller teams i'm thinking battletoads t- style type stuff I can't imagine you get anything. Uh, the only other possibility I can think of is a remaster collection of some sort. Uh, Gears of War 2 remake or something like that. Like maybe you get a game that's already made but been upscaled or upported or upresed. And that's like, like, hey, we need a game for this holiday kind of thing. Right. Um, the, the caveat, and I really want to go back to this though, Sam, is that world events have occurred in such a way that... Mm, they might just have nothing this year and they'll still be okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. didn't have a major launch this past quarter and they still were the market leader. They've managed this chip shortage. Well, they've navigated that to, uh, to, to beat out Sony, which is astounding and surprising. Not only that, they're continuing to cut deals with game pass and third party 
bring in great indies. They've they've done great great indies left and right. Um, you know, do you see Gotham Knights in Game Pass? Uh, if I was Gotham Knights, I would turn that deal down. But we know they have a working relationship with WB based on Back for Blood. Uh, do you bring what? Can you bring anything else into Game Pass? Do you bring all the old Call of Duties into Game Pass? Can you do that before the merger? Like, you got to do something to sell Game Pass this holiday. What's their trick going to be? I, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that that kind of goes into. Uh, I guess I'm going to go reverse order. Like I'm going to go realistic and then dreams, which would you know we'll just we'll just kind of bookend it that way. But to your point about Game Pass, I think that what they are going to promote this year, and I would assume the deals have been in progress and likely are in the progress or in the process of being cut right now. Uh, but I think 2022 is going to be the year for third party games on Game Pass to shine and for them to really pull the strings uh, and get these relationships to work in their favor to where they can say, yeah, we don't have too many big games coming out that are console exclusives right from our internal teams. But if you want to play games this holiday season, let's say there are 10 games coming out seven of them are on game pass on day one like that's how you make a big splash in 2022 uh and not to say that that's going to be the exact ratio of how many games come out and land on that service but i do think that it plays a big part uh in gaining interest in the public eye i think that you know on my second monitor i see a tweet that um has a picture of star lord from guardians of the galaxy up and like that's the kind of experience and the kind of deal that I think I'm going to be looking for during the Bethesda showcase and the Xbox showcase is this kind of triple A slash double A kind of deal where you look at it and you say, awesome, I've been wanting to play that. You know, it's not going to fill the hole in my heart from Starfield, but it certainly is going to make me happy. I, I think that, you know, you can't replace what's missing, but you can kind of fill the gap as we wait for it more. So I think Game Pass is going to play a big part uh, in this year. And then to your point, uh, I see a ton of ongoing support for existing titles that are already out there. Um, I I think I'm going to go against you in saying that they'll show off Halo Infinite campaign expansion content. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that if it comes this year is going to be a Gamescom because I think right now a lot of people, not that they're soured on Halo Infinite, but kind of like what you were saying earlier where we've heard about priority zero we've heard about it takes time to set up a development cycle and we're trying to hit it you know we're walking now so we can run later like that kind of conversation Mm -hmm. but ultimately they need to wait to say anything else until they're ready to run you know it's like training and talking like you're this big bodybuilder when you haven't lifted five pounds like you've really got to work your way up to be able to say all right we're coming out swinging here is some campaign content coming at you in november or if it's early next year whatever it might be probably a dumb idea because now that's competing with starfield but either way uh you know i don't know that we'll see that at e3 but i know that it is coming and you're right in that uh 100 but your point about a remastered collection i mean we've all heard the rumors about a gears collection of some kind coming out that is either uh you know up i don't think that it'll get the full remake but i would love to see what was done with halo 2 anniversary kind of brought back to gears 2 gears 3 and uh, make those games really pop i mean right now they are backward compatible and i think they even have um the frame rate boost the fps boost on uh series s and series x Uh, So that's already something that's great. But to really be able to take that to the next level in the same way that Dead Space is getting the remake and really 
making it look like a next gen experience. I mean, if you can go back and play the original Gears and it looks as good as Gears 5 Hive Busters did, that's going to really change the game, especially as you're looking forward to a Gears 6 uh, from the Coalition, which is something that is inevitably uh, going to end up coming. So what, what's your initial reaction to all of those? Do you think those are pretty good ideas? Do you think I'm wrong and I should go away and leave the Xbox community or what? No, you're an integral to the same minds of the <laughs> Xbox community, so please don't go away. Uh, the It all really depends on, for Gears, how quickly, comfortably, and safely you can upport from Unreal into mm. Unreal 5. Um, and I know nothing about engines, so I don't even want to pretend like I do. But if you're going to remake Gears, you want it to be running in Unreal 5 and and let your teams work on that. We know the Coalition has been working on Unreal 5 for far longer than it's been available to other studios because they helped solve problems with it. They helped work issues out for uh, for Epic Games and with Epic Games. And that's kind of cool when you think about it to see the collaboration there. Um, they've done a great job, Xbox has, in terms of this FPS boost and allowing older games to look better, play better, be more accessible. If... If it's not a collection for that, I don't know what it would be. Fable, maybe, but even then that seems far-fetched. I just don't know what it could be, but I think there's going to be something to say, hey, this is our thing, because Deathloop isn't going to do it by itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just not. I mean, like, I am by no means going after Deathloop. I have not played Deathloop nor Ghostwire Tokyo, despite my ability to do so, um, because a lot of them are just kind of, eh, for me. But mm-hmm. somehow, some way, they need to find a way to push those subscriptions for sure. Yeah, definitely. Also, also you like Star Lord? You liked Guardians? Yeah, I I liked Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you play all the way through it? Did you make it to the end of the the whole thing? I did. Yeah. So for me, towards the end, I was actually playing with my girlfriend on the couch next to me, and she said, "I feel like I've been watching you fight the same fight for the past three days." And I'm like, "You know." you're not wrong. You know, like it's, it's the exact same combat over and over again. And, you know, as a classic rock fan, it was really cool to like see star Lord pulling moves and you're fighting with Drax and everybody like, it's a good time, but it gets Mm -hmm. to like hour 25 and you're like, well, this is nice. You know, like I've, I've seen this, but Mm -hmm. that's just my hot take on it. That was similar to how I felt. However, I was in the minority. Uh, like I, I reviewed it for season gaming and, uh, they give me a hard time all the time that I said it was, it, I knocked it for too much talking. Um, mm. The the chat from Ains and, and that crew continues to burn me on that one, which is funny, but um, I'm having a conversation with Star-Lord, the actor of Star-Lord in a few few days. And, it, and I'm excited because I want more games like Guardians. I want to know if he's working on more stuff. I feel like that's a game that we need more of because it d- dances that line between double and triple A. Mm-hmm. And, ironically embracer groups now the specialty of that which is a bummer because they're snagging studios that made guardians that that make games that are really good at dancing that line think about like darksiders and stuff like that right i i think this would be the year where those double a games could shine and does dying light 2 count because that would that was a good one for this year do you see that come into game pass later this year probably um what else could you put in there that's not already there you know what I mean? Elden like, Ring, Luke. Elden Ring. Y- you think Elden Ring lands in Game Pass? That'd be a good get for the service, for sure. Ah, uh, 
I I don't I don't I can't get myself to say that I think it'll happen, but that would definitely be one of those pie in the sky like wow they actually brought Elden Ring to Game Pass kind of moments. So so I think Elden Ring does come to Game Pass this year. I will say that. I think it's coming in the fall, and I think there's some sort of content coming to that game that you'll that that you can buy, or that you can. Uh, upgrade with or somehow like you can get the base game of Elden Ring which is plenty of game by far it's amazing but like anything that, that more like you would have to pay for I could see that happening yeah that makes sense I think that makes a lot of sense uh and honestly if there is you know like Sony still has a lot to show this year probably more than likely uh and so if you have let's say Elden Ring comes to Game Pass in October or November and a Bloodborne remake or Bloodborne 2 or whatever it might be which is very unlikely because they're both from the same company but like you know humor me uh, like a Bloodborne remake comes out at some point in November as well you could have these two options here where it's kind of like when Mortal Shell came to Game Pass a little ahead of the release of Elden Ring where it's like, yeah, well they're not quite one-to-one, but if you're looking for that dark souls kind of thing, we've got that if you want it. Um, so having those two options there, but Elden Ring, I mean, you know, it's like everybody has been saying, this is pretty much a shoe in for game of the year. So it coming to game pass could be one of those pie in the sky things as well. Uh, but for me, I want surprise halo multiplayer content that was not outlined in the, uh, map that we got a couple of weeks ago. You know, we saw in the kind of funny X cast, Joe Staten saying, well, I like the idea of some remastered maps, some old classic maps coming to halo infinite. That sounds cool. I'll let my team know about that. And it was kind of like a tongue in cheek. Yeah. We've been working on that effectively. So my question is, what is the timeline on that? Because I think that if you were to make that a reality and in the same way that a Call of Duty map pack would drop back in 2009, 2010, and you say, hey, kids, school's out June, July, August. Guess what? You're getting five remastered maps or even three remastered maps from Halo 2 and Halo 3. I think people would go insane over that. And that's the kind of energy that Halo desperately needs. And I know that it's trying to carve out a space in the franchise as infinite you know it's something entirely new and i totally respect that uh, i think the catalyst could be one of those maps that people look back on and they say hey that was one of the best maps in the game but to abandon your legacy like that and just kind of leave those maps sitting especially in the situation the game's in now i think you're just kind of leaving some really good wins on the table so that's kind of my uh, hope my, my reach for uh the xbox and bethesda e3 showcase is some really good halo content uh, some really good Game Pass editions like Elden Ring on that level, and then some kind of collection of remastered games, along with maybe, uh, who knows, I could see Hellblade 2 coming out this year, maybe. You know, that's a stretch, but it feels like the most reasonable option at this point. You could have told me last year that Hellblade 2 would have come out last year, and I'd have believed you because of the scale and size of Hellblade 1. It wasn't very long, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and seemingly ninja theory they are magicians bleeding edge notwithstanding they've just they're a great studio and so nothing would surprise me from them and everything would surprise me i don't know how if that if you understand my meaning there is like you could say it and it'd be like yep i could see it and you could say oh they need three years I'd be like yep i could see it <laughs> yeah you know yeah uh that's just kind of where, where they stand for me on, on that front but uh yeah man it's just gonna be what a strange show this is going to be, you know, what a, yeah. like, 
what do you got? Like, I don't know what you got, Microsoft. I don't know what's there. I we think know you got. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just I, like, what is it? Is in exile going to going to sell me on a game? Because respect to in exile, they are talented. Wasteland 3 is not going to make me buy an Xbox, subscribe to Game Pass or anything else. P- clearly, people that lo- that played it liked it a lot, but it's not moving units or pushing subscriptions. Okay, what's Obsidian doing? We've had them for a while. We know Outer Wilds 2 isn't anytime soon because they even made that point in their trailer, which there was a non-trailer trailer. Okay, uh, Avowed, where's that going to be? Fable, like, I, what are these? They, they've shown their hand in order to attract people to their service and to hire people. And we've heard nothing but frustration from 343 from the teams that are delaying things. We've heard nothing but frustration out of the initiative fable. None of those things seem to be adding up well. So I don't know what they have. I know that Microsoft has always treated me very well as a customer since Spencer's team took over but what you got? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, you know, kind of like in the same way that you were like, you know, Hellblade Two could need another three years, could be coming out next week. I don't know. Could believe both of them. That kind of thing. Where with the this coming showcase, if you were to tell me they're going to like, if you looked into the future and you said they're going to absolutely knock it out of the park, tons of hidden gems that no one even thought about, and Perfect Dark was a day one drop on the day of the showcase. I'd be like, holy shit, you know, that's awesome. Cool. Mm -hmm. But you could also say they had three games and, you know, one of them was Deathloop, a port from PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. I'd be like, well, yeah, that that also makes sense. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with it, obviously, as the saying goes. Um, But the kind of wrap-up question moving into the end of the show is, Do you think that Starfield and Redfall and this kind of lack of general exclusive content on Xbox as a platform is going to have a long-term impact on people's perception of the brand this generation? Uh, I mean, they've already been fighting an uphill battle, especially on social media and the hardcore gaming population against the PlayStation 5 and people saying PS5 is where the value is. We have games. And to their benefit, yes, there are plenty of games over there that are new uh, and that are these kind of big drops as compared to what Xbox has put out so far this generation. So do you think there's a lasting impact there? A lasting impact in that the delay will hurt Xbox? Is that what you mean? Yeah, a lasting impact on the delays themselves, but in general, the narrative itself of, you know, it's the classic Xbox has no games, you know, mm-hmm. where you'd have a lot of promises, but no fulfillment so far this generation. Yeah, that's a, okay. It's a, I see what you're saying. That's a very fair question. I think a lot of people are asking themselves that, you know, today. And they're also asking themselves that of their Xbox Game Pass subscription. But those are the, pe- the people that are asking themselves that are in our space right now. I don't think the masses that are the, the people that are buying the Xboxes to, to bump them into leading for a quarter. I don't think they're worried about that. Game Pass offers a huge variety and a really, really great depth of quality on the a lot of the games in there are just fantastic and they cover a number of genres a number of age groups a number of demographic interests um i think game pass sells itself even if you don't have day and date anything for this year um the narrative of xbox has no games was a deserved one during the xbox one era where crackdown three a broken sea of thieves 
and uh, a forgettable other title that I am forgetting. Maybe it was maybe it was a week Halo Five. I'm not sure. Um, it just let down. Just let oh a broken state of decay two at launch. That's what it was. Um, that's gone, right? Like we've got so many games in the portfolio. They've done so well by game preservation, by adding value to their service, by treating customers right, good hardware. That I don't think that narrative is going to stick for the people outside of this space that that are really trying to make it stick. Um, in the same way that people are trying to paint Sony in a bad light for charging seventy dollars or not having enough chips or or whatever. It's a tired narrative and it's silly and Sony's going to make their money back tenfold as they continue to make super high quality games. Microsoft's going to continue to do very well as they continue to make units and push their subscription service. I think those narratives are going to fade in, in a number of ways. I genuinely worry about what Jim Ryan's doing to PlayStation and make no mistake, a healthy PlayStation is absolutely what Xbox fans want because it is battling that giant that brings you the, the value. And I'm really worried about some of the decisions he's making and some of the statements he's making and the, the way they're going. But I'm equally concerned about, you know, what Matt Booty is doing over on the Xbox portfolio side. I don't know any better. Maybe he's doing a fantastic job, but the lack of communication there makes it seem like something's not right. And so as much as we speculate, Sam, as much as we let people in our space speculate, proof is in the pudding and we'll all go where we want to play. And the truth is I love playing games like Halo Infinite, Elden Ring, Fortnite, Gotham, Arkham, what have you. And only a couple of them are exclusive anyway to any platform. Most things are multi-plat and I can play cross-play. That's cool. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it really hurts things in the long run. I think it, it does add fuel to the fire for the console fanboys that are out there that are fighting all the time. But ultimately, I'm more focused on playing the games that are out there, as many people are. Um, and I think that especially for those that are buying like a budget Xbox Series S or an Xbox Series X just because, hey, it's here. Let's see what they've got. And you're just kind of going in to find the free to play games. You're going in and just exploring the ecosystem. As long as there are games on the store and you have these big games like a new Warzone coming out, uh, like a new Call of Duty, like a new Forza Motorsport uh, and, and these big games that people know and love, I think it'll be fine. I really don't see it being a long-term impactful issue uh, for Xbox or to your point, PlayStation, if they have uh, specific issues one way or another. But what, what I do uh, want to see people do this year is rather than focusing on what is missing, focus on what we've got. I mean, I have a backlog that's 20 or 30 games deep of things that I've been meaning to play for the longest time and Game Pass continues to bring them up. I mean, I'm like probably a third of the way through Trek to Yomi right now. I still want to try out Bug Snacks. Those are two that are top of mind. Uh, but even going back, I want to finish all the races in Forza Horizon 5. I want to find all the collectibles in Halo Infinite. Uh, you know, there are so many different experiences that I can dive into and have uh, just on Game Pass. I mean, you have seasons worth of content and I'm not talking about uh, you know, regular like spring, summer, winter, fall. I'm talking about Halo Infinite six month seasons. You've got tons of content out there to fill your time. And uh, that was a dig. I did not mean for it to come out, but that happened. So we're just rolling with it. Um, but, you know, you've got plenty of content on Game Pass to fill your time. And so for me personally, there's no need to freak out because it just it's really a win for me because I don't have to worry 
about how I'm going to find time to play all these games because, yeah, you'll have a couple of big releases in 2022. Uh, but in the same way that I spent three months playing Tetris Effect Connected when the Xbox Series X launched, I can find a game that I love and just go into it and get lost in it without having to think about a continuous cycle of trying a new game every single week if I don't really want to from that Game Pass library or in general. So uh, really not too bad of a, of a year coming up. I really think there is a lot to be excited for still, even with the Starfield and Redfall delays. Agreed. Agreed, man. Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. So you love the gameplay. I saw you talking on Twitter. You really think it's going to be a, a winner for you? It's a winner for me. Uh, I don't know that it's going to win everybody over. I the gear score stuff worries me, but when I looked at the gameplay and the abilities that you get and whatnot, it looks like a fun superhero fantasy, and that's all I'm there for is to be back in Gotham as a superhero. And it looks like it's going to let me do that, and I'm down for it. Um, one of the, my favorite things about Avengers, which is an easy game to dump on, is that I can jump into the Iron Man suit, fly around, and be a superhero. That's why I play it right any i'm not playing it to have a god of war experience that's a different i go to a different game for that um but gotham knights looks like it's gonna put me into gotham and i'm gonna get to play as nightwing and robin will be there and batgirl and red hood will be there uh and we're gonna figure out how to take down the court of owls and we're gonna do it and i'm gonna press a lot of buttons and feel awesome while i do it and feel op and looks like the team up fights from from the arkham games and like sure heck yeah man why wouldn't i want to play that that's that's the kind of game I want. I want superhero fantasies. That's what that's what I enjoy most in games. Um, but in saying that, I'm also acknowledging that like, yo, just because I enjoy the superhero fantasy doesn't mean I don't acknowledge the flaws in it. And I saw valid criticism of Gotham Knights gameplay. But I mean, like, I don't care. I'm still stoked for it, man. I'm just like Halo Infinite. Like, I love Halo Infinite's campaign. There's plenty of valid criticisms out there didn't mean i loved it less you know like i'm in a mm -hmm. batman chair why wouldn't i love the new batman game or get excited for it i also acknowledge that to my audience when i talk about the game right like there's there's a line there so i keep right. that in mind yeah definitely uh i was checking out the gameplay and i'm, I'm like 75 percent of the way where you are like it has that arkham energy I think that mm -hmm. if you just polished up and cleaned up how tight the combat is and you made it look like that's one thing that always stuck out to me about Arkham City, Arkham Knight is that whenever Batman is just flipping around going from, you know, bad guy to bad guy, you can literally see him kick something. And for those latter games, especially like that's some pretty realistic combat, like the leg kicks the neck, the head moves back like you really get that full experience and Gotham Knights is missing a little bit of that polish where I, I felt like it was a game like I didn't really feel as immersed as I was with with Arkham City and Arkham Knight but there's still plenty of time uh, and like you said it really does capture that energy and so I, I think that they definitely have one that's going to hit especially fans like yourself uh, who are already all in I think there's going to be a lot there to enjoy and for the general public as well I think there's going to be uh, a lot to dig into there uh, but with that being said, let's go ahead and round out the show. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to join me tonight and talk more about the future of Xbox, these two big delays, and just spend some time sharing a love of games. But as always, Luke, can you tell the good people out there where we can find you, where we can listen to your show, uh, and where we can get to know your love of Xbox and gaming a little bit more? Absolutely, of course. You can find me on Twitter, at InsipidGhost. Uh, you can find my content uh, on all your podcast services, the Xbox Expansion Pass. It's also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Uh, I 
I love talking to different developers. I, I mentioned a moment ago that you can hear on the next episode of XCP an interview with Jeff Steitzer. Uh, recent interviews on XCP have included Lauren Lanning and uh, Crystal Dynamics' Brian Wagner. And we've got more indie and AAA interviews coming up for, for XCP. And, and we'll see where it goes, man. That's awesome. I, I really hope that uh, that Steitzer does the entire interview in the voice of like, <laughs> you know, just talking like saying Slayer, like Slayer, you know, the whole he, thing. He did that for me a few times, but but the, the interview was in his voice. But then every now and again, he'd be like, yeah, people like it when I say Slayer. And I was like, oh, well, say it again. Uh, oh man that's awesome but to everybody out there watching thank you so much for joining us for this episode of exhibition i really appreciate you guys taking time to check out the show and as always if you're new here my name's samuel adams you can find me on twitter at jampack sam subscribe to the show on youtube.com slash jampack sam and of course links for myself and for luke will be in the description box down below and if you like what you see once you hear hit the subscribe button for me hit it for him and keep coming back for more. But until next time, you guys keep enjoying yourselves, keep having fun, and remember, keep on playing.